Hey guys, we're here uh, with Kyle Whittington. Uh, thank you, Kyle, for being here. Uh, let's just dive right in. Maybe give a brief introduction on who you are and uh, what you do. Yeah, so my name is Kyle Whittington. I am the host of the Kyle Whittington YouTube channel on YouTube. Um, I do apologetics. I do conversations, um, you know, interviews. I like having conversations with whoever, honestly. Catholics, non-Catholics, uh, usually whenever I have somebody on my channel, it's not uh, I just like, you know, having friendly conversations. So it uh, seems like you kind of, you know, in the same little niche. So, yeah, happy to be here. Awesome. So we were talking before, and you're actually located in the, the Catholic area of Steubenville, and I was curious yes. what what because you, you hear that now i mean with pints with aquinas that's a classic he's out there he always shouts it out but oh, yeah. what drew you to that area and for people that don't un know what that location is what like why do catholics a lot of times are, are drawn there yeah so that's a great question so uh, i guess i initially got drawn to it from pints uh here not talking about it because i did go to franciscan back in like 2011 for Two semesters, ran out of money, and then joined the Air Force. Uh, but I did meet my wife during that time, and I made some amazing friends. But so whenever I was hearing people say, oh, move to Steubenville, I was just like, Steubenville's a really crappy town. But then we came back to visit for uh, a buddy of mine who uh, was being ordained. And so we got to visit, and it was just like, whoa, this place has gotten way better. Okay, that's cool. And then I went to a Pints event. Um, I actually, I don't know if you remember whenever he was like on his wise phone kick, he was like, uh, hey, uh, you know, smash your iPhone, I'll get you a free wise phone. And I took him up on that offer. So I went to his Pints event, I smashed my iPhone, and he gave me a wise phone. And I was on that for like six months uh, before I got frustrated with the lack of features such as a calendar. And, uh, and, and, you know, I'm back on an iPhone now, which is actually my camera. So, um, but, uh, yeah. So, hearing more and more about that, it was just like, okay, is this all that it's cracked up to be? Because I've been really enjoying my visits to Studentville and whatnot. And eventually, I, I just get this, like, growing desire. I want to be there. We were living in St. Louis at the time. Closest friends were living, like, 30 minutes away. It was exhausting. Our church that we were going to was a 35-minute drive away. And it, it was just, it was rough. And it was lonely. So, this uh, past summer, I packed my family up. We came to one of the uh, first Fridays, uh, like, during that time. It was Memorial Day weekend, right? Yeah, yeah. So, it was last weekend of May. And then, you know, the, the following Friday was the first Friday. And uh, we caught a very violent stomach bug. Um, but the fact that we were able to take care of ourselves and the community that we already made some friends, uh, Matt McCloskey, who runs, uh, Chesterton's, uh, Cigar Lounge, uh, great guy. Uh, I got to know, uh, I'm not going to say his, uh, his real name, but so I got to know him, uh, pretty well. We got to hang out. That was cool. And, you know, Further fell in love with her. So the next trip that I decided I was going to do was um, was going to come back from this. Sure enough, uh, I talked to uh, Greg Damari, which if anybody's planning on moving to Steubenville, uh, you you need to call Greg Damari. If you go with anybody else, you're wrong. Um, <laughs> nice advertisement. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I should so get his logo just plastered up. 
Oh, dude, he's <laughs> in my Discord server. Greg is in my Discord server. So everybody, and I've got like a Steubenville Talk Discord server uh, channel in my Discord. And everyone's like, "Hey, yeah, we're we're coming." It's like, "Here, talk to Greg. Get you know, get in contact with Greg." And uh, yeah, so we we did that. Uh, got a house under contract, and uh, oh, well, hold on. So I told Greg I, we found this house. It was like for 130k. And I thought, oh, we'll be able to afford that real easy. We'll be able to pay it off really quickly. Let's do it. But one of the things that I told Greg prior to prior to coming up was that I wanted community in the neighborhood. I wanted young Catholic families around me, and everything else was negotiable. You know, if, it, if the community was strong enough, I could I could suffer through anything else. And so this this cheap house, we looked at it. And he was, and I took a look at it and I said, yep, we'll be able to make this work. I mean, knowing that we had five kids, and I was like, okay, it'll be tight, but you know what? Families back in the day used to make spaces like this work all the time. Uh, like, because of where it is, it's like, we're probably not even going to be the biggest family who's ever lived in this house. And then Greg was just like, hey, okay, yeah, I mean, it's your decision. You could do this one, but... <laughs> This isn't what you described to me. This isn't where the community is. That's that's one thing that makes Greg so good. He, he placed like half the Catholic families in this, in this <laughs> town. So he's just like, what you really want is this house over here, which was like, it was still in our budget, but it was like over double the price. Mm-hmm. And I went and looked at that. And, you know, the house wasn't like, a, oh, this is it. It's got everything we ever wanted. It was once again, it's like, yeah, okay, we could make this work. Um, and, but it was the price tag that was kind of like, yeah, yeah. but then what actually sold me on the house was my now neighbor, um, came out and, you know, she, she and her husband also have five kids and she came out and she gave me a very stern warning and she wasn't trying to sell me on anything. She, she basically informed me, if you're going to live in this house, you have to be okay with kids playing in your front yard. And like, she was just Sorry. like, uh, yeah, it's like, uh, it's like my kids are going to play in your front yard and I'm not going to try to stop them. And I was just like, oh, Greg knew exactly what he was talking about. Yes, this is the house. This is what we want. And yeah, so uh, we got that house. And honestly, man, um, like the community here, it, it, kudos to Matt, because if anything, I think he might have uh, undersold this. Because we've got some really good friends within walking distance. You know, my oldest kid is eight, and they've and you know we've got the three older ones who are eight, six, and four, and they routine routinely go outside and play, and without even a sound. Uh, you know, something usually there's always going to be some kind of sound, but they my kids are uh, one time we we had like Bluey playing on the laptop or something. And my oldest daughter looks outside, and she goes, "These kids outside!" And she, and they, they all just kind of like got up and bolted out the door. And I was just like, "Oh, oh!" This, this sounds like a. I stepped back into the seventies or something back when yeah. kids would go outside and play. That's the sad thing with where I'm located. I'm in a neighborhood, and I rarely see kids outside playing, even. Uh, even though when, it, when it's cold, I remember you used to go outside and just have a good time. But now it's not the case. We we kind of are the only ones with our son who's two, 
right. we end up just going out and let him roam around and play. But it's just it's sad when you don't have the the community around that kind of has the same mindset. And I think that's probably a, a big selling point because that's what people are yearning for these days, especially with the secular world being as so strong as it is nowadays where you know where i was growing up you have the the cradle catholic cultural catholic type situations where you have it's just inculcated in your family being a large family so you kind of had that community a little bit but now with the secular world and everybody being on their phones and the the idea of not being part of a community i think that's what people are yearning for is is community and what aspects of say i know you, you just mentioned you know the kids playing in the yard but what other aspects of community kind of sold you and makes you probably happy for where you are yeah so uh, a few things um one is so i'm a remote worker uh so i don't i don't do Catholic apologetics full-time um and we have this place called the numa space or the new yeah i think n-u-m-a and it's uh I telework from here. I'm actually here right now. So with this room that I'm in right now that looks like a padded cell, is, <laughs> it's like a little phone booth. So that when you're on conference calls and stuff like that, you can step in here and you know, take a second and distract anybody else. Uh, you know, they've got coffee here. And the internet's like super fast as well. So, But more importantly, it's someplace I can go that's away from the children. Uh, it's better for me because I can concentrate more. It's better for my wife because she's not constantly having to worry about containing five children to the point of like, oh, we got to keep this office you know, quiet, whatever. So it, th- that's that's one selling point. Uh, other one, uh, second one is uh, Leonardo's Coffee House, which is uh, was kind of one of the businesses that were originally going to be going like, I want to move here so bad <laughs> because they, uh, you know, you go you overhear people talking about talking in Starbucks, and it's just like, well, you know, it, you know the conversations are like, okay, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, we can't do that, tell, tell them that's not going to work, you know, or, yeah, so we had this big fight, etc. Well, in Leo's, the conversations that you're hearing, are like, well, I don't know that, because Aquinas says, you know, <laughs> and these are just the normal, like, townspeople that live here, like, these aren't, like, <laughs> whatever. Uh, and then the third one is Chesterton's, uh, so I've got a membership of the Cigar Lounge, um, a lot of times I like to go there on my lunch break and have a cigar. Uh, it's fantastic. Bunch of guys hang out there. So many remarkably interesting people. Uh, get to have these really cool conversations. And then, like, there, uh, there wasn't even, it, like, it's not like a Catholic bubble where, like, it's only Catholics are allowed back in. It's, like, literally, right before I came over here, I was over there, and I had, uh, there was a, there was a Baptist minister that was hanging out with us. Which was kind of cool, and it's just like, oh, hey, and uh, but yeah, the uh, uh, it, it's it's all of that, and then there's just always something going on in town. Uh, shortly before Christmas, uh, they did a Dr. John Walker. He's he he plays G.K. Chesterton on EWTN, yeah. um, and he did a like a one man play, you know, as Chesterton, and we took the kids there, we sat in front. And, oh, the kids just thought it was the best thing ever. Uh, it was so, so good. And, yeah, so it, it's – that's what's cool about Steubenville. And, honestly, like I like I said, uh, Fred has – if anything, he has undersold it. 
because it is just so good. Yeah, and maybe for let's break down a little bit is why do you think we need these bubbles or these these spaces where uh, you have a lot of Catholic families or just Christian families as a whole together, uh, especially with everything that's going on? Well, um, so a few things. Uh, if you're like me, I'm a very social guy. I love talking to people. And if I'm just stuck in my house, not doing anything, I might get some social interaction, uh, you know, after mass on Sunday and that's it. That's, that's miserable. It's crushing. It's lonely. No man is an island. The faith was never meant to be lived out in isolation. Uh, even, you know, it was like, well, what about monastic hermits? It's like, okay, fair. <laughs> but, you know, it's not like, oh, I'm going to go join the, the Trappists and I'm going to be a hermit. Well, no. Um, that's not, that's not the, uh, you, you don't start off like that. You always work your way up to it. Um, so that's, that's something that I don't, uh, it, it, yeah. So it's like not, not all monastics become hermits. Like it takes a very special type of person. I am not that special type of person, at least not yet. Um, uh, chances are you, dear viewer is also not that kind of a person. So, uh, and then just with so many children, you know, things, things fall, fall apart, something happens. You just need the backup. Sometimes you need to be able to, um, uh, to, to, have somebody bring you a meal or something. Uh, we, we actually, we have a family that's here uh, visiting from out of country and they caught the stomach bug like we did last summer. And because I knew what that experience was, I brought them medicine. I brought them sick food. And it just, it was just like, you guys are going to be stuck in your house. You guys are about to be sick. And we had already caught it. So it was just a decent chance they caught it from us. So, mm-hmm. but we, you know, we took them groceries and stuff like that. And because the town is so small, everything, everything's within a five-minute drive away. Um, and because of that, it, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't this monumentous effort. It was just, this is just what we do. And having the support of your neighbor uh, for, you know, love's sake is just, it's vital. It's vital for the faith. And it's, this is supposed to be normal. Um, what everybody else is doing is not and, you know ideally we're going to take this model and it needs to go elsewhere uh, but you know I like this, well why don't you just do Steubenville in St. Louis and it's just like quite frankly because I'm not influential enough mm-hmm. um, you know if I, if I said hey everybody come live near me in the neighborhood that we were living in it's like I'm sorry but it takes a very specific type of person to be here and that is not most people and yeah. uh yeah i think it also like your influence can't really your, your influence can drive people there but your influence can't really change the surrounding area so to speak so you need to have that right. as the the foundation in place to grow a, a, a community and that's what it sounds like Steubenville at least has and then you start bringing an influx of uh catholics then it, it starts mm-hmm. to build up and you have that community and like i liked what you said that that should be the norm of interacting mm-hmm. with your neighbors and being able to rely on them. Now, that's one of the things it sounds like when you talk to anybody that's older, it, it, that was the norm back in the day of people interacting with their neighbor and actually being friends with them and the, the families being in touch and being able to util- lean on them for watching your kids or doing something like that. And you don't see that anywhere close to nowadays where people just drive on right by or you're 
you know, they're on their phone or when I walk through the neighborhood, I try to say hi, and talk to some people, even though I'm a little bit of a introvert somewhat, but I still like to say hi and talk, but it's normally, it's kind of like a quick hello. And then they, they keep on moving. So it's, right. uh, it, it's a interesting time that we live in. And I don't, I honestly don't know where the world is going, um, in, in the future, but before we get into the, maybe diving into that but maybe let's go into your i did see your conversion story which i did appreciate um maybe let's do a little briefer even though it was a little brief on your channel but maybe even shorter but it's out uh, i really uh, appreciated that yeah so i guess uh i grew up protestant uh technically on paper we were methodists because that's where my parents were registered and but we rarely ever went to that church uh, I mostly grew up in like a Pentecostal setting because that's where my grandmother took us. Um, and after uh, after she died, obviously we quit going there. Uh, I flirted with the Church of Christ a little bit um, at the time because my buddy, uh, who eventually did become a Church of Christ pastor, uh, that's where he went. And uh, you know, and then of course being in Southeast Oklahoma, so you know, I said, I'm going to show pack this. I'm from here. But I went through all of these uh, different, uh, different things, but I never really committed to anything. Uh, but then there was there was only one Catholic uh, family in my town. Thankfully, that that Catholic family had a cute girl that was about my age. And uh, I, I love telling that because everybody always looks at my wife and is like, oh, is this her? And we're like, oh, what? No, not her. It's something else. <laughs> um, it was just like, uh, and as I started going deeper into it, actually, um, I remember thinking to myself, if I'm going to go through with this, I can never date this girl. Um, mm. Which wasn't that big of a sacrifice because like, she was not really interested. Um, which honestly just means that she has good taste. Um, but uh, yeah. But I remember like making that like, like this can't I can't just be joining this this faith because this girl is cute because that's, mm. that's a really stupid reason. Uh it needs to be because this is true and no reason more. Um so and obviously, you know, here I am, it's been almost fourteen years now since I've been baptized, so yeah, no, that's a good call. But uh but yeah, so that, that's more or less. Uh, if you want to hear like the funnier version, I guess go check out my channel. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but like, as far as like the, you hear these people that had to go give up so much, and you know because they converted, they you know lost friends, they lost family. That, that was it. It was pretty low stakes. Um, so, but uh, it's kind of a funny story because I was a, I was a teenager and mm. I was kind of dumb, and uh, the objections I had against the church were also pretty dumb. It's kind of funny whenever I hear adults now making those same dumb arguments, hence my low-hanging fruit series. Yeah, you do a series, uh, if people don't know, low-hanging fruit, where you're essentially just attacking low-hanging fruit <laughs> apologetics from uh, Protestant backgrounds or different backgrounds. It doesn't have to be just Protestant. So uh, I really recommend checking it out. It's a, it's a good – and it, it, it's like you were saying, because I was telling you before, is that I'm no – apologetic person where you can have these very philosophical arguments and discussions like the tret horns for instance i'm more of just like by the by the book understanding and but some of these arguments that come out you're like 
is that real? Did they really even look into it? I, I remember I was watching one. It was uh, it was actually wasn't a low hanging fruit, but it was somebody. It was uh, Gary uh, Machida going over Wretched Radio, talking about the, oh. where the books came from, and the dude just out of, just right from the get go said that the Catholic Church added books to the Bible. I'm like, did you? Like there, there's so many, there's so many historical, that, that's like just so much history <laughs> that you could just look yeah. at to show that that that's not the case, and that's like one uh, benefit that you're seeing nowadays with the rise of say Catholic YouTube or whatever you want to call it. But a lot of right. Catholics more on the the internet space and evangelizing in that area is that it now shines a light on Protestantism. In comparison, you can juxtapose it to Catholicism, and now you're having these stronger arguments for the Catholic Church in general just because you're seeing that the the arguments on the Protestant side seem very paper-thin when you start weighing all the evidence. Well, you know, back in the 70s, 80s, you know, and 90s for the most part, you know, you could say anything you wanted, and— most people didn't have the method to like, oh, I don't know, does the church really say that? Because the only way that you're really going to, like, that you could have checked out, go to your local library, talk to a local priest, which the local priest is probably insanely busy and doesn't want to talk to you. Um, and Or like Catholics, who for the most part, even to this day, you meet a Catholic out on the street, they probably don't know a lot about their faith. It's like, oh, is that what we believe? Oh, okay, I didn't know that. Um, which is also why you hear, like, for, like from a lot of former Catholics, um, and usually whenever I love the, you can always tell like what kind of person you're talking to. Cause they'll always be like, Oh, uh, I used to go to Catholic school. And every, at the moment somebody says I used to go to Catholic school or you too now. Catholic school, it, it's just like, okay, whatever you're about to say, it's about to be the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Um, and it's just like, yeah, like, the education was pretty poor. The access to information was kind of difficult or at least, uh, you had high effort to find it and with youtube that's just not the case anymore so these low-hanging fruit arguments is like they're, they're right for the picking and there's no shortage of it either. yeah it seems like they're arguing against a catholic church that doesn't exist isn't yeah. there, there's some famous quote that i can't rattle off the top of my head because i'm not that type of person but there's a quote out there where people hate the, the church that doesn't exist yeah. than the church Cold that machine. doesn't yeah, yeah. there are not 100 people who who hate the catholic church for what it actually is however there are millions who uh, hate the church for what they falsely believe perceive it to be yeah and you you see that especially with your low-hanging fruit videos is just the uh i i struggle with it the argument's sake and I, I appreciate everyone that does the debates and stuff it just it's maybe that's just not my personality but just the combat not combativeness but the confrontationalness it's always something that i normally shy away from that's why i kind of like having just like these little discussions and and but it's just <laughs> sometimes uh with the youtube space you're it's bound to happen but I wonder when you go into these like apologetic videos that you do, what's like the, the mind space that you have? Because, you know, you see a lot of people uh, take it in, in different in different avenues of like they're they're more aggressive or they're more lenient. How do you handle that? Like, what is your mindset? Well, so I mean, when you're interacting with a, you know, it's, it's not a negative thing. It's not an actual person. Yes, it's an actual person on the other end of the camera, but like it's, it's a recording. So... Um, and, and that does pose some problems, like internally. 
is between the dehumanized um, things that I like to do. And I've slipped up on this a few times, but uh, I try to not insult the person. Um, if, Unless you know them, of course. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you know, if it's, if it's Kevin Don Trattica, I was dumb. Um, <laughs> So it, it's uh, I don't like doing I don't like doing that. So I guess the headspace is you know I, I keep a few core things that I want to be very uh, up on because well, quite frankly these low hanging fruit arguments they only there's like less than a hundred versions of them uh, so be familiar with some of them or for with you know all of them uh, you know but there's probably like maybe like ten extremely common ones. Uh, Catholics worship Mary. They preach a different gospel. Uh, books of the Bible. And you just kind of have those like responses, just kind of like preloaded. Uh, like one of my favorite responses to the Catholics added books to the Bible is, you know, that's so interesting that we added books to the Bible at the Council of Trent because uh, the Orthodox, the Eastern Orthodox, wanted absolutely nothing to do with us at that time, and yet we still managed to convince them to add these books to their Bibles. Huh. <laughs> how did we go about doing that? And, you know, I, so some of the smarter ones who are a little bit more up on it, like, well, their canon's different. It's like, yeah, but they still include those seven books that you're talking about. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's kind of more the, the headspace. But if you want to try to keep these things in charity, uh, though, if I'm being honest, nobody's ever sent me an email like, oh, this is enrichment. So it, it is definitely kind of more enrichment. Entertainment I mean, is enrichment. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm tinkering with that a little bit uh, to see if we can actually uh, use this in a way that actually enriches the faith, uh, helps it helps people grow in faith and, and grow, and grow closer to Christ. Yeah, I, I think, at least with the YouTube space, one of the difficulties is just dealing, I mean, you hear this all the time when people that, are, that have more and more followership or people interact with more is just the, the comment the comments that come in of people trying to rebut your arguments and maybe they take something out of context or there's sometimes there are people that just are downright mean. But one thing that I practice that I've been doing is that I think has actually been helpful is if I do see a negative comment come in, I actually just stop myself and I end up praying for that individual because I feel like that just gets me in a different headspace. Uh, instead of taking it so negatively, I can use that as a way to kind of hopefully help that individual with whatever they're going through because normally a lot of the times if you're on social media if you're commenting on a, a, a youtube channel and you're that enraged or that angry there's got to be usually something going on your on your life right. usually it, it can be like you're going through a, a bad experience but it seems like usually at least when it comes to the religious acts aspect it's they don't have a, a closeness or a relationship with god and that's giving them that anxiety. I mean, that's where I feel like a lot of society nowadays, you see that anxiety. And it's because we've, a lot of people have lost touch with uh, God. And it, yeah. it's really it's hard to navigate these times, it seems. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. And, you know, one thing, and this is kind of the topic that I'm kind of, if you hang out at Chesterton's, uh, this won't be the first time you've heard me talk about this, even this day, but humanizing somebody. You know, think about the bad guys in G.I. Joe, the bad guys in Star Wars. Uh, you know, we could probably name a few. Oh, uh, you know, Star Trek. All these different things. Halo. Mm -hmm. The bad guys are not 
human. What are you talking about? The stormtroopers are human. Yes, but their faces are covered. They don't have faces. G.I. Joe, the bad guys, the Cobra soldiers, all of their faces are covered. They, it, and so whenever their faces are covered, they're not human. So you can kill them by the millions with impunity. You know, Star Wars, uh, or yeah, even like, you know, oh, they're, they're slaughtering the droids left and right. You know, those are, those are, uh, they're, they're not humans. So you can, you can be mean to them. Uh, same thing when we're driving. It's, you know, it's not that guy cut me off. It's that car cut me off. Therefore, you can, all your rage is justified because it's not at a person. It's at this object. And online, it's very, very, very easy to forget, just like when you're driving, that that's a person on the other end of this. And, you know, when we, when we just see this text, we see it as an idea and we can attack that while, while completely forgetting that actually there's a person there with emotions, with history, with ideas. And honestly, as an individual, they're probably incredibly intelligent. Um, but they don't see me as a human. They don't see them as a human. So you know, the passions enrage, and uh, it can get very ugly very quickly. And, you know, honestly, like, I fall into that, too. Uh, it's something that we have to be on guard for. So I think your advice for praying for that person before you engage the, with them uh, is excellent. I think that's a fantastic advice. Yeah, I think it just gets you in the the, the right headspace, uh, just in general, of trying to, like you were saying, humanize. And that's what you see a lot in society. We dehumanize a, a lot of things that we just, you know, with with war, that's wars that are going on. Oh, this side is, they're not human. It's okay that we, you know, murder them or whatnot. It just seems like it's just... Um, we go down this route, and you see it throughout history where you just dehumanize it, and it just makes it easier for a, a large party of some sort to kind of come in and clean house, so to speak. And it, it's we got to be wary of that and, and make sure that us, as I guess, like the lady of Catholic faith, is that we humanize everyone and make sure that we bring light to all of that and that everybody requires. Um, that respect and that love. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, um, I guess now let's just go into, um, we're talking about a little bit about your arguments or your apologetics. What are like the, the, you you rattle them off a little bit, but what are like some of the more frustrating ones that you hear a lot that you feel like it it kind of the, because you're attacking you're not attacking the individual, you're attacking the ideas of Protestantism or mm-hmm. whatever comes up. What are like the ones that kind of frustrate the ideas that frustrate you the most that seem like they keep just coming back up to the surface all the time? Uh, probably, probably the single most frustrating one is Catholics worship Mary. And, mm-hmm. You know, at first I tried to take this at the, at the angle of, well, what is worship? A lot of times people don't have a, have a coherent argument. You know, you've got Mike Gendron. Mike Gendron is probably the, the single most frustrating individual because he's made his entire career off of attacking the church. He's been doing it longer than I've been alive. And the man has yet to make a single big point in these, in these 30 plus years. And it's just like, bro, you have an internet connection. Like, you, you should know better. So it's either like, He's woefully, honestly stupid, which I, I kind of, I, I, I can't really get behind that one. Because it's like, either you are incapable 
of understanding, which I don't, I don't buy. I don't think you're stupid. Um, or you're willfully ignorant. So you are explicitly not looking up the, 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 the right answers on this. Uh, or you're lying. So it's just like, and honestly, all three of those reasons are reason enough to not take you seriously. Um, so it's a, uh, that, that, that annoys me, but, you know, so Catholics worship me, okay, what's worship? Well, you have to recognize something is God. Okay, well, you don't recognize Mary is God. Boom. Okay, uh, sacrifice, that's the other big one. Well, we all sacrifice to Mary. So, you, we don't worship Mary. Well, you praise Mary. Well, sure. But, like, I also praise my son when he, praise my son when he did as well. Does that mean I'm worshiping my son? Well, no. Well, what about whenever you tell somebody good job? Or saying, oh, you're so good at this. That's praise. Is that, that worship? No. Well, you built statues to her. Okay, cool. You can go out to any sports arena, and you can see statues of their most legendary players. Is that worship? No. Okay, I didn't think so. It's veneration. Yeah, absolutely. We're recognizing mm-hmm. achievements. We pray to these statues. No, we don't. Just like whenever, you know, you see a picture of a loved one that's dead and gone. From this world, I should say. You know, and you talk to them. Are you talking to that picture, or are you talking to them? The picture might help you remind them and picture them uh, as you're talking, but that doesn't, yeah, uh, yeah. So, so that's that's one that's tired. It's been played out, and honestly, like these apologetic arguments are, you know, they develop over the decades. And so many of these guys, they're stuck in the '90s, they're stuck in the '80s. Uh, James White is a notorious, uh, like his apologetic method. Uh, he's always he'll always bring up, well, I debated so and so back in you know back in Nam, and it was just like, well. Okay, cool. We've kind of settled that discussion, though. The smarter apologists have moved on. So, um, and I, I, I'm not going to quite uh, endorse any Protestants because uh, there's even been a few where it's like, I, I would used to say that he was really good, but r- more recently it's just like, okay, you know that what you're saying is wrong. So you're either disingenuous, you're willfully ignorant, or, you know, it's just like, Come on, man. You should you should know better than this. So yeah, but, yeah. it's it's um it seems like the the route a lot of times, especially with the worship, is that they they make assumptions about an individual. Like you have no idea what what they're doing at say they're in front of a statue of Mary and they're like bowing right. their heads. Like you you maybe one of them actually is. Who knows? But you will never be capable of understanding what is going through that individual's mind and i think when you start playing into that arena where you're attributing thoughts to people without even understanding what they're what they're actually thinking then i think you've lost the plot you've lost the argument so to speak because now you're grasping at straws and it's in the willful ignorance part at least the mike gendry it sounds like maybe he had some rough uh like it sounds like from what I've seen of him, uh, he, the Catholic church that he grew up in, maybe it wasn't great or he has some bone to pick or whatever. And that leads him to not want to dive in. And, and it's, I mean, we all naturally do that, right? If we were like, uh, I'm not sure if I want to look into this because I don't want to, it's the pride coming out i don't want to see that i'm wrong it's 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 very difficult sometimes i mean i'm a software developer so i i can't do this and if 
I can't just ignore a problem. But sometimes I get a little worried when there's a, an issue that pops up and I'm like, I don't really want to look into this because I don't want it to see that, oh, I, I screwed up because that was my fault. And that's like a pride aspect of me. And that, that's probably an issue as well. It's like when I see, oh, it wasn't my code that broke something. Oh, I'm happy. It's somebody else. It's someone else's problem, but I'll still fix it. But that that is obviously not a good yeah. thing and it's it's just like a, the natural human desire to not be filled with shame and and, yeah. and go and being you being the center i guess and making you, the world revolves around you type of deal where you don't want to because yeah. once you admit you're wrong on something some your world kind of crumbles and right that can be especially with somebody that's built up an audience and it of that magnitude doing this thing over and over and over again now he's in the realm of you have all these internet apologists can refute everything that they're saying now. yep yep and, you know so one of the things that is so I, we mentioned off camera but you know i am one of trent horn's assistants and i run the comments on the council of trent so i see everything uh, you run the game sometimes you'll get like really thoughtful critiques don't uh, and one of my you know because running through the checklist whenever i'm reading somebody the moment they make an accusation about something that they have no way of knowing i stop reading because you're not worth engaging and, I'm not, cause, and even it's just like you're just trying to do this what's my response going to be well no uh-uh. <laughs> well because it's just like that's a that's just an accusation and I actually don't owe you a response. I know that that's not what I'm doing, and I know that's not what Trent's trying to do. So, I, what do you, you know, what do you really want me to say? Like to lay out the evidence of what we're doing? No. Um, and so, whenever I see people make accusations against Catholics, as well, all they want is your money, and it's just like, well, some of us, sure, probably. Uh, but like, but even then, I, I don't like like hearing accusations about like the internal thought processes of somebody because it's like oh did they tell you that no oh and like to to and catholics are not innocent in this either um especially like i see catholics going on protestant channels and just accusing the protestant apologists of like a whole bunch of things uh, you know i i know I'm, i would say that i'm uh, uh, friends with quite a few protestant apologists and the other paul for instance like i, I consider him a, a pretty good friend um i hope he comes to the u.s whenever he comes and he's in my presence. He's not going to pay for a drink while I'm while I'm around. But um, but you even see Catholics accusing this, especially like a Pope Francis. Uh, he's like, oh, he's actively trying to destroy the faith, and it's just like, okay, let's let me just go ahead and grant the your your point that he is destroying the faith. Let let me just I'm not going to argue that, but that is what he's trying to do, man. Like, there's other explanations that could do this. One, he could genuinely believe that he's doing the right thing it's just he's not doing a good job of it and like especially like we have to in charity interpret these things especially the holy father which that's not a that's not a meaningless title the holy father would you always assume that your dad is doing like horrible things i might think that my dad's uh, an incompetent guy but like i'm not going to say that he's trying to destroy the family and, you know, I, I think that's all unacceptable. I don't think any Christian should be doing that, um, and especially toward other Christians, and especially Christians such as the Holy Father that have valid authority over us. Yeah, and I think it's ironic, too, uh, that 
they feel like the faith or the church is being destroyed, but they're kind of feeding in to the destruction of the church by causing a lot of scandal and you you, you have people I guess second guessing their faith or like, oh, this such and such came out and now you're you're talking about it and how this is so awful and how could the Pope do this? How could Pope Francis do this? And now you're the people that watch you and respect your opinion. Now they're wavering. They're wondering, right. oh, am I, is this really the church uh, Christ founded? Yeah. Or it, it, maybe it should be the Orthodox church. And then you lead people away. And that's, that's, that's not a good thing when you're making assumptions on that individual. Right. And I'm sure that for people out there that have gone through, uh, that have done something that was controversial, for instance, uh, they obviously probably would want to do something. Like if, if they're looking back on a situation where they did poorly, they're like, oh, I would like to do that again. But if somebody now throws accusations at them, if they're in their, their shoes, they would come back, oh, no, I wasn't actually trying to screw up here. This is just what I was doing the best that, uh, of my ability. Right. And we have to provide uh, grace to everybody and i think it, it just seems so easy for people when you're looking at a leader it's so easy to criticize that individual it's it just comes natural like oh they they run it so it's all on their shoulders well okay well sometimes you kind of have to have some ownership on your end and maybe pick up the slack of whatever you can handle and <laughs> and i think it, it just it's just it, we're we're getting into a rocky place, and I I don't think it's a coincidence where you see the world getting in this weird uh, weird space headspace with so many countries getting angry at each other, and you're seeing also the church as well in this very rocky and precarious place that we're in. Yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes I hear people get like really sensationalist about oh, the state of the church is really bad. It's the worst it's ever been. It's just like, bro, go talk to St. Saint, Saint Athanasius about a crisis <laughs> in the church. Like, come on, man. Like, That's like true. I said, projections of like 70 to 80% of all bishops were Arians at that time. It's just like, bro, we have dealt with crises. That This is not a new thing. If anything, like the normal state of the church is crisis. Uh, so like, I don't want to say that there's not problems because, oh my goodness, like anybody with two eyes can can see and even people who are blind can clearly tell that there's some there's some massive problems that need to be addressed um, imagine if you had social media during that that period of time it'll been all over it, it yeah. was done <laughs> yeah exactly well and you know there's this meme it's a meme it wasn't it's not an actual quote from uh, father mitch Paqua, but i quote it all the time because there's so much wisdom in it and it's one can cultivate a medieval sense of piety by having no idea what his holiness in rome is doing and it's just like oh yeah so good because uh somebody once said i'm a traditionalist catholic i do not call the pope by his birth name because i don't know it um what did he say what did the pope say yesterday no idea i was too busy praying and working in the field you know stuff like this because like 300 years ago or even like even 100 years ago you would have been barely aware of who the pope was so we don't need to watch his every little movement read every little document that comes out because it's just like is it a dogmatic declaration is it addressed to you who is this talking to um, and it's just like uh, talking to. I'm gonna. Uh, I'll, I'll 
keep his name uh, private, but you know, he said uh, on the document about new theology, and he's this guy's a theologian, and he said, oh, oh what are your thoughts on it? He goes, I didn't read it. And he's like, why? And he's like, it wasn't addressed to me. You know, and I honestly didn't see any value in it. I don't think that I could have gained anything from it. It's not like he was adding clarity where there previously was confusion. Uh, I know that he's not going to, uh, you know, pro uh, promulgate error. Uh, so I don't particularly feel the need to read it. Honestly, whenever it comes to what's coming out of Rome, the laity, for the most part, you don't need to pay attention to it. If, if there's something that's important coming out, you're pleased to let you know. Yeah, and I, I also don't like the the whole. What's the terminology? You have traditionalist, and what's the other? Just I don't even know what the other term is. Oh, uh, modernist is, is modernist. Is the, yeah, so I mean, modernism is a heresy. Like, let let, let me just mm -hmm. go throw that out there. I don't want to downplay that. Like, modernism is a problem. Uh, though I will say that modernism is a lot more pervasive than the trans would like to admit, because a lot of their uh, one thing that I've noticed is their lines of argumentation are extremely modernist, and they're Americanist. Um, so it's just like, oh, we don't have to listen to this because blah, blah, blah. It's like, that's American reasoning. That's not church reasoning. Uh, you don't actually have the authority to do that. Um, and then, you know, oh, authority, oh, what are you going to do? Are you going to be a sheep? And then I'll just say, well, that's how Jesus referred to So, yes. <laughs> and I, I wonder, like, it just, like, I, I wonder if we had an a pope that was extremely orthodox came out very hard, especially in this day and age with, um, mind you, I'm sure people are that I can understand the, the confusion that people have, but if there was someone that was hardline orthodox, you, can you imagine the amount of just headlines nonstop from, not that oh. you should stop an individual from doing that or stop the church from going forward with it, but you just think about the the nature and the vitriol that everybody that's a catholic would feel because yeah. you would have and maybe there's some providence to uh, francis being where he is because his first one with social media and he's a little yeah. so i don't i don't know i, I don't want to assume yeah. the worst of it. i feel like that's maybe like the the, yeah. What most people should do is assume the best and if it doesn't work out well don't assume that you there, there's some evil plot or some they're they're purposely yeah. trying to do something evil I, I think just maybe trust in the lord yeah i think exactly. that's that's what we should do exactly and, you know there was a uh i saw this i don't know if it was a joke or me or, you know, I saw this, but, uh, once again i don't know who wrote this but it struck me as having wisdom and it was uh you know the, satan appeared to three monks and said, uh, if I gave you the power to go back and change, uh, give the power to go back in time and change one thing, what would you do? The first one said, hmm, you know, I'd go back and I'd stop. Um, not gonna try to, well, you're not monetized. I'm going to try to go back and, and stop this uh, mustache guy in the 20th century uh, from killing all these people. Uh, this uh, second guy thought he was more clever. He's like, I would go back and I would prevent the fall. I would stop Adam and Eve from the apple. The third monk dropped to his knees and prayed, Lord, deliver me from this temptation, from this demon that is uh, attempting me with power to change what I cannot change. And then, the, you know, Satan ran off screaming after that. And it, it, there's just a lot of wisdom there is that like Satan like tempts us with that. Oh, what if we had a pope that did this? I don't know. 
And, and it's just like, and honestly, I'm just a normal layman with a video camera. That doesn't mean that I have special powers, special knowledge, whatever. You know, who knows? I don't know. And he's ultimately in control. He's already won the victory. So who knows? Maybe we're going to get a more confusing pope next. Maybe we're going to get a Pope Pius XIII. I don't know. And I don't know which one's better. Um, but I do know that God's in control. And that gives me peace. Yeah, and I think we it's a, the the issue of pride again, where you start growing a following. And it, I mean, it's sort of what we talked about with uh, Mike Gendry. Is he started growing a following, doing a specific thing uh, and talking about a specific topic. And he started growing a following and he probably got into this trap of, hey, this is what I'm known for. So let's just keep pushing in that. And right. you may be seeing that with a lot of uh, Catholics that are more on the extreme end of criticizing and they're saying hey this is where this is where the bread is buttered so to speak this is what people come and when they watch and it's so it's like you have to be a little bit careful of uh that and not let your viewers so to speak drive uh, where you are going, you kind of have to have some reins as well and realize that just because, like you said, you have a camera in front of you doesn't really make you better right. than anyone else that's watching you. For that yeah, matter. exactly. It's just like, guys, like, you know, I get most info from all the resources that you have available to you, too. Um, well, maybe not so much anymore because you know, I have some of those brilliant minds that are in there. Yeah, it's just it's books, it's it's online, it's videos. You, you, you can look this stuff yourself. But uh, you know, one thing that you're talking about kind of struck me is that you know Mike Gendron, whether he knows it or not, has the has been presented with the opportunity to trade in his earthly riches for heavenly riches. How amazing would it be if he like renounced the nonsense that he's been spouting and said? I understand that this will ruin me financially. I understand this is going to be, uh, but instead I'm going to serve the kingdom of God instead. And I'm going to put my faith in him and my trust in him completely. Um, and, you know, same thing with like these followings, whatever, you know, I've got, uh, you know, almost 4,000 subscribers now. And it's just like, and honestly, which as far as followings go, that's like nothing. But, um, uh, Compared to me, it's something. That's for oh, sure. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, that's that's the thing. Unless your name is like, you know, Jimmy Donaldson, like it's, there's always a bigger fish. Uh, so <laughs> it, it's whatever. Because uh, you know, just talking to like Matt Fred and whatever, you know, he's still focusing on growing his channel too because I mean he's doing good work and more reach means more good work. Um, so, but you got to keep like the the you got to keep the main things the main things. So. You know, think about the last four things. You will die, you will be judged, you will go to heaven, or you will go to hell. Um, so, and whenever you face your judgment, you know, you're not going to be asked, how big was your social media following? Nope. Th- that is not important at all. Um, it, you're going to be measured by the faith in which you serve. So that is, uh, yeah, that's something to keep in mind, uh, especially it's super, super tempting for creators. That's, you know, that the devil's always going to taunt us or tempt us in the, uh, in the ways that are most effective, and that's one that's all ever present to every creator. Yeah, and it seems like you specifically have your little hands in a, a lot of uh, different Catholic YouTubers. Um, so I'm kind of curious to get your thoughts of what would you like to see uh, for Catholic YouTube as a whole, like going forward. Like, what would you, what would 
I know that's like oh. a broad question, but like what yeah. ultimately, I guess the hope is to bring more people into, into the church, but how oh, yeah, definitely. can we utilize this new digital media? Well, I say new, it's not new, but yeah, <laughs> the new and relative and the Catholic scale. Oh, in church it. history, <laughs> this, this showed up like 10 seconds ago. So it's yeah, pretty much, extremely yeah. new. I guess what I would like to see more from Catholic YouTube is less inviting. Uh, we're yes, Catholics. Yes. We need to remember that. And also, when you're on YouTube, this is publicly visible. Catholics, non-Catholics, everybody can see it. So you have some creators, not naming them, who seem to primarily just attack within the church. And the Protestants, quite frankly, have a point whenever we say, oh, we're united. They point to these guys and they're like, ha, 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 united they are. Oh, they're so dumb. And that's also another problem, too, because then the secularists look at the Protestants making fun of us, making fun of each other. And it's just like, oh, yep, this is Christianity, guys. Isn't it ridiculous? Um, so, like, that, honestly, the infighting needs to come to a quick and screeching halt. Uh, but, you know, it, it's the typically the smarter the people you deal with, usually the bigger the egos are. So, mm. uh, you know, yeah, there's nothing new under the sun. This isn't a new thing. Uh, but I think creators need to be more focused on uh, building each other up uh, having disagreements respectfully, being familiar with where we're allowed to disagree. Uh, you know, I think uh, Trent Horn, uh, as of re this recording, which is January 31st, uh, good, good, subscribe to the Council of Trent. Uh, <laughs> he published a video about, uh, you know, the dare we hope all might be saved. Well, as formulated by Balthazar, Trent even points out that, like, uh, that's compatible. That's not heresy. It might be confusing. But, it, you know, you can't say that somebody's a heretic for professing that. So, mm -hmm. but then Trent still disagreed with it. And that's also allowed. So, you know, I find the word heretic, the word schismatic gets thrown around way too much. Um, and it's just like, okay, what do these things mean? Um, and because, like, if you say, okay, one, one uh, phrase I see thrown around, Pope Francis is a heretic. And it's just like, okay, if you are correct, Christianity is false. Uh, sorry, if Pope Francis is a heretic, Christianity is false. However, we do know that Christ rose from the dead. Christianity is true, therefore you're wrong. Uh, now, that's obviously super, super oversimplified. There's a, like 30 logical steps in there that I just didn't mention. Uh, but, I mean, that, that does do that. So more charity um, and, like, authentic charity, not just lip service to it. Um, and that is uh, that is what I think is desperately missing in Catholic Com YouTube. Completely agree. And uh, what you were mentioning about the arguing, it kind of actually reminds me of um, the there was this whole aspect that was going on uh, with Logan Paul and Jake Paul. I know this is random out of the blue, but sure. listen to me, <laughs> follow me here. Uh, but it was on the PBD podcast where they were talking about the the situation about how they were arguing, and he basically laid it down. It's like, if I'm your parents, I'm going to sit down, both of you, and saying, you are brothers. You never argue out in public. You can argue inside without anybody watching, but you never argue out in public because that brings shame to me, your parents, your, your father. That brings shame to each mm -hmm. of you, and that brings shame to the whole family. And that's essentially – you could have that same mentality when it comes to the faith because we are all brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. and. The, the, having these arguments out in the open, at least 
having disagreements is okay, but it's the the vitriol and the arguing aspect where that, like you were mentioning, it brings shame and it brings uh, people to say, hey, this is not what I expected out of Christianity, yeah. so to speak, or out of this Catholic church that started, uh, that was founded by Christ. What, what are we doing here? Yeah, yeah. No, it, it's, I see these things. There's a few people that I'm friends with on Facebook. Some of them uh, are Protestant apologists and whatnot. And I see them attacking Pope Francis uh, with glee, quite frankly. They're, they're so happy, um, you know, that, that all this confusion is, is happening and that he's doing these scandalous things. And I don't comment on them. I don't comment on them because it's just like, to the point, like, their, their underlying point is valid. Of like, oh wow, this oh man, this sure they sent some mixed messages, and I'm not going to deny that it does. Um, I also know that it doesn't invalidate the church. Um, so, but it's one of those things, like you said. I don't think it's appropriate for me to publicly defend my father, my holy father, um, to strangers. Um, you know, his folly is not my pride, um, and that's uh, man. It, it, it's just like. One of those, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. And it's like, I've got my thoughts. Uh, I, you know, I like to try to affirm people that, you know, it's like, I think that there's problems. Yes, there are. Um, and I'm so sorry. And those those problems have very real consequences. And, um, but it's, I'm, I'm a military guy. So one of my things is like, okay, is he doing wrong? Yes, he's doing some failings. Uh, like, Pope Francis has admitted that he's got failings. Um, yeah, every pope. You know, Peter denied Christ three times. Come on, guys. So um, these failings are things that he will have to answer for at his judgment. You, on the other hand, do not have to answer for him. Um, so it's just stay in your lane. Figure out what it is. You can have all the correct opinions about Pope Francis, but if you're neglecting your family, you are far worse. Well said. Uh, well, quick branching on what you said. It, uh, what... Was faith? Uh, how did faith interact with you being in the military? How did did that did that Ooh. affect you at all, or was, was oh, it yeah. difficult being uh, faithful? Oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. So okay, uh, sometimes people will say like, "Oh, I'm not joining the military. It's so bad now." Guys, shut up. It's always been bad. Currently, the military's in love with Sodom before they were in love with Gomorrah. So yes, it's bad. <laughs> it, oh, it's so bad. However, like. It, it's just a different flavor of bad now, but it's always been bad. Um, you know, uh, it, it it was quite the culture shock for me because I left Franciscan University when it was so it was it was so breath uh, it was a breath of fresh air because I wasn't the Catholic guy at Franciscan I was Catholic, which that was an experience. In the military, once again, I was the Catholic guy. Um, and, well, I was I was the virgin. Uh, so, which, that was whatever. My supervisor occasionally would come to work on Monday, and, you know, we worked on Cruise of Three, uh, and he would, he would brag about uh, cheating on his wife the previous week. Oh, my goodness. Oh, it was so bad. Uh, going to strip clubs and stuff like that was, like, the common thing to do. I mean, it was so, so, like, the culture, so bad. Uh, so, I was like, yes, it's woke now, and it wasn't woke then, but, guys, it didn't mean that it was good. Uh, yeah. So... Uh, it was tough, um, and it was lonely, quite frankly. Uh, I did get involved in a youth program, uh, which was uh, fantastic. So, like, uh, that's my encouragement to you guys out there is that, you know, if you find yourself alone, get involved in the community. Go volunteer. You know, if you, if you're passionate about the faith, go teach the faith to the younger generation, even if you don't have a family. 
Um, so, but yeah, it was, it was really tough. And, you know, as a subject of ridicule, uh, I would get made fun of because, uh, you know, I took my faith seriously. Uh, there was one time, um, we were drinking on base and they were like, and I, I, uh, I was the only sober one there because I think I had like one or two in the car too. Um, they were like, okay, let's go to the strip club with you're driving. And I was like, no, I'm not. I'm not driving you to the strip club. Get ranked. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, I don't care. And he was just like, what? And, <laughs> and I, I said, well, I, I, that's, I'm not going to be complicit in this. And he's just like, oh, well, if you don't drive, I'm going to drive drunk then. And I said, okay, that's on you, man. That's not on me. And he's like, yo, you're forcing your religion on me. And I was like, excuse me? <laughs> excuse me? Who's forcing their beliefs on who? Uh, like, you're not entitled to my car. Um, so, uh, yeah, so that was, that was rough. Um, and yeah, there was a few, there was a, yeah, it, it was tough. Um, so if you're going to be joining the military, if you've joined, you know, if you're currently in, uh, yeah, it, it, it it's a rough experience, but uh, I still do, I still recommend it, especially for young men, because the one thing that the military did do for me, um, is that it enabled me to provide for my family, um, quite well. Like I have my current job, it would not have been possible had I not been in the military. Uh, made some amazing people, had some pretty cool experiences, honestly. Uh, but uh, yeah, so you know, don't don't let anybody tell you that joining the military because of the bad culture uh, is uh, is a valid reason. Because it's just like guys, you can go work at Amazon and get bad culture. <laughs> you know, you can go work at Walmart and get bad culture. The military is not unique. The law doesn't stop people from. Yeah, that's that's a <laughs> good point. So uh, I guess I'd like to wrap up a lot of these interviews with, um, well, at least this is what I've been trying to do. What is a practice that you've been doing that really gets you more in touch uh, with your faith and God? What is, what is something that you have been partaking in that really kind of ups your spiritual game, so to speak? Yeah, so, I mean, praying the rosary, obviously, guys. Uh, you know, it's not earth-shattering. I'm not the first one to say it. Why is it so widespread? Because it works. Why do we put gas in our cars? Because it makes them go. Why do you pray the rosary? Because it works, guys. It's so, like, the graces charged in the rosary are just phenomenal. Um, You know, nobody's going to be writing it. Nobody's going to give you a medal for doing it, but who cares? Um, I've been doing also some spiritual reading uh, with uh, St. Jose Maria Escriva. Um, you know, there's an Opus Dei chapter here in Steubenville that I'm becoming more uh, active with just because, you know, it, you've got like the Benedictine spirituality and it's very monastic and, you know, I need to keep the hours. And he's like, oh, yeah, let's try to bring this as much as we can to home. With kids, it's just impossible. Uh, or at least it's not, it, it's impossible for me. I'm not disciplined enough. Maybe one day I'll get there and praise God if that happens. But, you know, St. Jose Maria uh, Escriva is is more focused on here's how you be holiness in your normal life. Um, and this is uh, it, that's something that has really um, resonated with me because I'm a busy, busy guy, busy dad, husband, uh, etc. And it's, it's 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 good. To, you know, to, you know, so pray the rosary, you know, do holy hour when you can get it done. Go to mass as often as you can. If you have a daily mass, um, you know, 
yeah, it, it's stay close to the sacraments. The grace of God is all is really uh, the the power behind all of this. So the more of that you get, the better off you'll be. Awesome. And I, I kind of expect uh, the more I do this podcast, the more I'll just every the answer uh, for that one will always. Well, I, I'm curious to see the breakdown in the in the future of what people answer but i have a feeling it's going to be the rosary most of the time if i'm going to have catholics on um yeah i do have some protestants on from here and there. but thank you kyle for being on this was great I had a good time yeah man thanks for having me hey guys thank you for watching this video i hope you guys enjoyed this interview i always enjoyed all the interviews that i do if you are new to this channel or this podcast please subscribe to the podcast or the youtube channel whichever way you're watching it if you are on podcast platforms listen up listen i would like you to subscribe obviously and then leave the podcast a five-star review whether you are on spotify or whether you are on apple Podcasts, that helps the podcast grow and as always just share this podcast with your friends and family also share this youtube video if you just want to share the youtube video as well if you're here on youtube that is the best way we can grow this community as a whole and go to adambuckingham.locals.com if you want to join the community and also support the podcast so hopefully we can do bigger and better things and have bigger and better interviews and I can interact with all of you all on a one-to-one -one basis. So go do that. And until next time, I hope you have a blessed week. Bye.